My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. In recent years, there's been a, a number of television shows that are remakes or revisit characters and storylines that were popular and enjoyed success in the past. One that is particularly interesting had one of these reboots a few weeks ago. Just a disclaimer, this is not a recommendation or something that I'm advocating in any stretch of the imagination, lest anyone go home and say, the priest was telling us we should go and watch this. But it's hard to deny the impact of the show, The Sopranos, and in particular, the main character, Tony Soprano, has attracted in the over 20 years since that program first premiered. It remains on the top of critics' lists for greatest television dramas, and with a recent movie that was released that was a prequel to the series, interest in the show has, has grown once again, along with Numerous interviews with the, the cast and creators. Even going to Barnes & Noble the other night, there was a, another tell-all book on the new release shelf. Tony Soprano, for those who don't know, was an Italian-American mob boss living in all places right here in our backyards here in northern New Jersey. And part of what made this such a notable character is that it was the first in a line of many recent characters and stories that focus on an anti-hero. While a majority of stories will focus characters who are morally good or striving to be morally good, somehow overcoming the odds and challenges to do something noble, something laudable, something courageous, the anti-hero is the opposite. They're apathetic, or individuals who do a lot of morally evil things, but the results and the reasons are presented as, as neutral or even understandable. Well, Tony Soprano reintroduced this type of character in our era into quite an extreme. 
Here was this married man with two kids. So there were a lot of storylines that demonstrated things that might be relatable to a majority of Americans. But his way of taking care of his family was criminal, included gross violence, depravity, murder. His way of dealing with his stress and his anxiety was infidelity and excesses of of everything, food, alcohol, money, gambling. There probably was not a deadly sin that was missed, nor that he didn't try to justify and explain away as understandable. And one thing that is fascinating is hearing how the creator of the show, David Chase, views the whole thing. In a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he said, I didn't think that The Sopranos would live on at all, even after doing it, even after it got all these accolades, because I thought in a couple of years, the references won't work. Nobody will know what we're talking about. The, the phones will be different. TVs will be different. And that part of it is true. The technology is different. But apparently, what it's about still resonates with people. As a television and movie creative, that has to be particularly rewarding that 20 years later, it is still relevant. But as a priest, it's utterly frightening. What is it that resonates? Why do people seem to, on some level, admire this character and characters like this? That there are people who love him, want to see him get away with stuff. That people were rooting for him as he does one horrific thing after another. Not to get too heady, but there's always been that philosophical debate. Does art imitate life or does life imitate art? I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if it even matters. The point is that this character in this anti-hero genre remains so popular, says something about our world and our culture. We seem to have this sense, this mentality that in the end, for those who believe in it, that everyone goes to heaven. That bad behavior is understandable or can be explained away, that there's always some justification, some reason, some excuse to even explain away crime or immorality. That as long as you mean your best or try your best, that's all that matters, that just be a good person, basically. And Tony Soprano exemplifies those attitudes to an extreme as he launches into justification, saying, I'm not as bad as someone else, or that I'm doing what everyone else is doing, as he points out hypocrisies among government leaders and even religious figures. Part of the reason for this show's popularity is that we're living in a time where people have been moving away from religious beliefs and practices, which has now been coupled with leaders trying to cancel any reference to Jesus Christ and the many things that his followers have brought to establish a world and a society that at least was trying to incorporate his teachings for the greater good. And in that morally relativistic world, where people can make their own rules and judgments, the only barometer we have is comparing ourselves to someone else. It's hard for us, even as Catholic Christians, not to be affected by this, this type of cultural shift that we're surrounded by. Maybe not to the extremes of people claiming such moral loopholes and justifications for every deviant behavior, but perhaps taking comfort that we're doing better than an anti-hero like Tony Soprano. 
heck, it's even Thanksgiving weekend, and we made it to Mass, and it was a two degrees outside. So obviously Jesus needs to be impressed with that. The four-week season of Advent is meant to remind us of Jesus Christ coming to us. And because of all the Christmas trees and decorations that are already up, we can focus simply on celebrating that first coming. But the gospel puts a pause on all of Jesus' birthday celebrations. Instead, the season starts with this reminder of Jesus Christ coming at the end of human history. And that's sobering to confront in itself, that there will be an end. There will be an end for us individually that we know all too well every time we attend a funeral or we pass a cemetery. But we believe that there will be an end to human history. And we profess that every Sunday in the creed. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. This first Sunday of Advent, this reading from the Gospel of Luke, calls us to focus on that, on Jesus' coming at the end of time. How do we, as followers, live in this in-between time of his first and final coming? His expectations are not to get complacent, to not get lukewarm in our striving for holiness, desiring to live virtuous, Christ-centered lives. What did he say in the gospel? Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. Be vigilant at all times. And that's a theme that comes up again and again, that we have to be on alert whenever we're getting too comfortable in this life or we're too obsessed about this present life. The disciple of Christ is meant to to always feel that tension of living in the world, but not of the world. So yes, we have our our day-to-day obligations, we have work responsibilities, we have family concerns that all need to be attended to, And yes, we should enjoy the blessings of this life. But for too many of us, we can be constantly fixated on those two extremes, the stresses of this life and enjoying this life. Being vigilant means recognizing all this is transitory, that this world and everything in it will not last. And so Jesus calls us to stand erect with heads raised, meaning we're attentive to his authority first and foremost. We're obedient to him. We're conforming our lives to him. And that at the end of time, when we're all judged, it's not going to be some sliding scale where we're graded on the curve. It's not going to matter what the rest of the world is doing or thinking. But what did we do or what we didn't do? In a world that seems fixated on antiheroes, we're called to heroic virtue which begins just by doing the basics that the Lord has given us, fasting, praying, and almsgiving, and making that part of our daily lives. Fasting means doing some acts of self-mortification, making some sacrifice on a regular basis, whether that's giving up a meal or giving up eating for a day, or sacrificing something I enjoy, simply saying, This thing that I enjoy, this thing that I like, this thing that I might even say I love, like I love my cup of coffee, is not something more important than God is in my life. Praying includes worshiping God, especially here at Sunday Mass, and getting to confession on a regular basis. 
but it also means conversing with him, meaning sharing our cares and our concerns on a regular basis. And even more important, making space to listen to him speaking to us. And almsgiving means I'm thankful for all that I'm blessed with, and I respond by being mindful of those in need, whether that's those closest to me, my, my family and my friends or my neighbors, or someone who's nameless and anonymous to me, but I recognize is not nameless or anonymous to God. I do something to help others, recognizing how good God has been to me and how he's looking for me to be that blessing for someone else. Advent proclaims once once again the good news that Christ comes. Jesus' coming has changed human history. It has the potential to change our histories and will be the culmination of all human history. May we enter into this season of Advent with renewed faith and hope to prepare to welcome him.